Hello, welcome to This Girl Can, where we speak to wonderful women doing fabulous things in pharma. I'm Liv Nixon, and in addition to my role as a podcast host, I help companies get the best out of their CRM systems. I work closely with organisations to ensure the system works for them rather than creating additional work. Today's episode is hugely exciting for me. This Girl Cam is now a year old, and to celebrate this, I get to chat with the awesome Jill Donahue, whose life work is focused on enabling people that work in the pharmaceutical industry to feel passion and, most importantly, purpose in what they do. Jill is one of the very special people I've met along the journey in my first year doing this podcast, and it's no overstatement to say she's changed my life. She's helped me articulate why I keep doing this, why I care about this industry. She fuels my energy and my fire to keep going and giving back more. I defy anyone to listen to Jill talk and not feel that same energy. And I have no doubt you'll enjoy this one. So let's get going. Hi, Jill. Welcome to This Girl Come. Hey, Liv. I'm so happy to be here. I've listened to you on many, many hikes. So it's fun to be here chatting with you now. Oh, I'm delighted to have you. Thank you for coming on. So to give a little bit of background for people that don't know um, our history, you and I got in touch via the wonderful LinkedIn because we have quite a few things aligned in terms of our purpose and drive. And you got in touch with me to say, we should chat, I think we've got loads in common. And there began the start of a beautiful relationship, I think. Yeah, well, I feel like I've known you for so long because like I said, you know, on my my hikes with my dog, you are in my ears. I'm listening to this girl cam, meeting all these wonderful people. And I think I just reached out to say, way to go. I'm so impressed with what you're doing and thank you for what you're doing. And then uh, and then we took it from there and it's been lovely getting to know you. So thanks, thanks again. Oh, likewise. So I would like you to, first of all, take everybody back in terms of who Jill is and tell me about your family life and your work life to date. And let's go back to the start. Sure. Back to the start. So I'll try to do the five minute, uh, or the, the nutshell version. How's that? So my journey in pharma began many, many years ago, carrying the bag like many people out there. And But I came into the industry with a, a slightly different background. I came in with a background in psychology uh, versus sciences. And what I noticed was that everyone around me was really, really strong in the life sciences. Like, like our industry has that, the data, the science, we're good at that. That arm is really strong, you could say. But the other arm, the behavioral science arm, I looked around and thought, wow, these people aren't so expert at how do we engage and communicate in a way that the person in front of us listens and acts in what we do. So, and that was my fascination, psychology, adult education. I did my master's in adult education with focus on influencing healthcare behavior change because I was so fascinated by this and, and did research on it and found it just super interesting. And I thought we could do so much better than what we were doing if we could get both those arms really strong, right? The life sciences and the behavioral sciences, that's when we could create some great outcomes. And then when I was 35, that's that's when things really uh, shifted for me. And that was because uh, of something that happened that uh, my father actually died as a result of a prescribing error when I was 35. And being in pharma, I was so frustrated thinking, you know, what if? What if dad's doctors, MSL or CAM or rep or whomever, what if that person had been better able to access and engage my dad's doctor to know the right product at the right time for the right patient. 
So that really deepened my interest in figuring this out. And I, I started interviewing, you know, thought leaders, like best-selling authors, like Dan Pink and Gretchen Rubin and people that I really admire, Adam Grant, and asking them how their research could help us in our industry. And then translating that for my peers, basically. Um, so I wrote a couple of books that I was so excited about what I was learning. I wrote a book and then that became a program that became, you know, a best-selling program in Canada where I'm from. And then I thought, what if I could, what if, what if we could change the industry, right? And I started learning things about how to influence behavior change and realizing that there was this foundational piece that was really missing and it revolves around trust and how trust had been diminishing in our industry. And that led to, I started researching purpose and that in our industry is being patient focused. So I've been talking about patient centricity since before it was a term really. And fast forward to today, I've been teaching and researching um, for the last 20 years now and just love it. Um, in amongst there, started a nonprofit group to create the world's first ever patient-centric benchmark survey because I realized that that was foundational to everything I was teaching, was being purpose-driven, which is also being patient-centric. Yeah. So that's... That I know that wasn't much of a nutshell, was it? But it was, anyway, it was, a long story. It was longer. In less than five that's my. So it was a pretty good nutshell. Was so, it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, it was good. Good. It was good. <laughs> I only knew. I only found out recently that you interviewed the likes of Dan Pink and people like that. That must have been fascinating. Yeah. Oh, so beautiful. Just I, I him specifically love him, well, and I've interviewed him twice. And I'll tell you a little side from one of the interviews. If uh, you are also a Daniel Pink yeah. fan. Uh, I asked him at the end of one of the interviews, you know, if everything he wrote, said, videos, everything was erased. And it was his last day. And he could just leave three messages for his kids. What would it be? And he he rocked back and forth as he does. And then he looked up at me and I could see tears in his eyes. You can't see it on the video. Like when you watch the video, you can't see it. But he looked up at me and he had tears in his eyes. And he said, number one, the number one thing, be kind. If my children are kind, that's most important. And I was like, oh, I love you. He's just yeah. so awesome. Yeah, I've learned a lot from him, his books, Adam Grant. Like, there's so many of them out there that can really help us. And, and that's why I love bringing their research, their ideas, and translating it to how that applies in our industry. So, so. we've got so much more to dig into there but just before we do tell me a little bit about your home life first you say you live in Canada tell me more about that you have children don't you thank you thank you thank you for asking yes my pride and joy I have three girls uh, my eldest is near you now living in London UK with her fiance off on her career just uh, just a complete joy all three of them are my middle one is in um Year University plays volleyball at the University of Trent here in Canada. And then my youngest, my 16 year old, another volleyball player, they're both six foot one. So wow. they're middles in volleyball. Yeah, it's very fun, very fun. She's in grade 11 playing volleyball and uh, looking at universities now. Wow. And I have my wonderful husband, of course, father of my, my three girls, my business partner as well. Yeah, we're partners in everything, which is very interesting. Um, co-author of the books oh that's fabulous uh, yeah he's a very very yeah he's a very special man and uh we're all so lucky to have him oh. and then i have my mother my mother is part of our uh extended family here she used to live around the corner and now she's in a 
seniors home uh, with Alzheimer's, but um, we are, she moved close to us shortly after dad died. So has been a part of our life for 20 years now. Oh, wow. Oh, that's hard having Alzheimer's. As many of us do, right? Yeah. 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 It's hard though. Yeah. But she's still full of love. That's the most important thing. She's full of love. So it's very easy to be patient with her when she has so much love to express and give. I have so much for the fact that you work with your husband as well, because I'm telling you. (laughs) (laughs) Talking about patience? Uh, Yeah. If my husband and I worked together, well, one thing would have to give and it would be the marriage, I would imagine. (laughs) Love him dearly. Well, it's not easy. That's true. It's not easy. I'm not sure I would recommend it to everyone. Um, But we do, we, like, it's right for us. It works really, really well. And uh, I feel incredibly blessed. And and I've just told him recently, I have to say the appreciation that's in my mind more often. Because so often in my head, I'll say, oh my gosh, I can't believe you did that. Oh, thank you. That's awesome. So now I'm, that's my new habit. I like it. Is to say it out loud when I'm thinking it or text it when I'm thinking it. I like that. That's a good one. Top tip. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So, yeah. so tell me about how you came yeah. to write your book, A Dose of Inspiration. Let's get ah, into that. Yeah. Thanks for asking. So it was a couple of years ago and we have been running this uh, journey. We call it the, the power of purpose journey. And in this journey, people go through a workshop and then they have a one-on-one interview to help identify their why, how their personal purpose connects to their organizational purpose. And it's just fantastic then we come back together and we share these stories and so often in these group shares you know there's there's tears there's joy it's amazing and then people say oh my gosh I never knew that I've worked with you for 20 years and I never knew that to their teammate and so I would leave these calls and go into the kitchen and share with my family oh my gosh you won't believe this story and I'm so inspired by this person and then I thought well this is so silly that it's just ending at my dining room table, right? Yes, it was their group, they got to be inspired by it, but it should go further, I thought. And, and I thought about how people, you know, it's, it's so tough sometimes to stay focused on your purpose. And we've been through a lot and our industry goes through a lot of um, misgivings and lack of trust. And, and people have to take a lot, you know, when they go to cocktail parties or meet people on the street. And I thought we need to empower ourselves and it starts with each person. So I thought, well, I want to get these stories out there more broadly. So that was the idea to create a dose of inspiration, 100 purpose stories of pharma leaders. And um, we wanted it to be, I didn't want it to be just, you know, the few companies that I worked with because I thought that wouldn't be right if everyone read, no, we have to work for this company or this company to have purpose. So I wanted it to be big variety. So then I started asking people to recommend someone. So I've been meeting these wonderful people around the world, um, obviously wanted different companies, different roles, different countries. So we're trying to get a nice cross section of people and uh, different levels of roles as well, different types of stories, different origin purpose stories. So everyone could see themselves in there. So I'm super excited. The book is at the designer now. So we're aiming to have it as a big uh, holiday present coming out before the holidays and a breath of fresh air going into the new year is the goal. And, And the other thing is, of course, it's going to be free. All the 100 people donated their time we donated our time um, so that we're hoping it'll spread it'll be an ebook so people can register and get their own copy of it easily and there's no catches there just enjoy it and pass it on that's the goal 
spread the yeah. purpose yeah that's I right that's, that's awesome feel, we want to spread i think that's absolutely awesome and i'm dying for the book to come out so there are so many things i could talk to you about this we talk a lot about purpose in farm i should say i think i think it's easier for people in rare diseases perhaps on the front line and i never saw it when i first joined the industry i didn't really i didn't feel close to the good i didn't feel that there right. was you know, i was working for a company where it was another me too to be honest I mean, it was a saturated market i just didn't feel and i didn't get into pharma for that i got into pharma because yeah. it was a way to earn a decent living and have a nice car for sure <laughs> good lifestyle look after uh, your kids absolutely yeah, yeah. And, and the car only, yeah. Uh -huh. yeah and the car yeah <laughs> and it was only about 10 years into my career after having my son Harry which you know about yes. when and he only lived for 14 months he had um way too much time in hospital for for a little boy um and too much pain in his life and I think it was only after that after the dust had settled and now doing these podcasts and speaking to women that have yeah. such a clear motivation yeah. and drive for good that's the, what what yes. I was seeing was there was so much potential for good yeah. in our industry and when I was speaking yeah. to these women and I could see their drive for that that really yeah. inspired me to want to find more yeah. and that's exactly what your book you managed to pull out of yes. people is why do you choose to do this because we're yeah. not selling windows that's right exactly I'm looking forward to reading and being inspired by people in leadership roles in in the, in the more difficult markets where, where it yeah, doesn't it, feel so easily attained. Exactly, because it doesn't just have to be rare. And before we get into to that, I, I just want to thank you for sharing. I mean, your story is so real, right? You know, my story is similar to yours in that my friend was a rep and she had this great free car and they were talking about putting phones in the cars back then. Now you know my age, right? But if I, if I had have dug deeper then, and that's what I encourage other people to do, you know, I would have realized there was more to it. And for you, you said you went, you know, a long time with it just being about the remuneration, which is great. Remuneration is important, right? And yeah. and thank you for sharing about about Harry Bless his soul. You know, that obviously changed your life and how you see things. And I just love how you're creating purpose out of pain. Um as I see I've so been many able to do that as a result of talking to you. <laughs> so Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. It's absolutely well true. that I'm so it gives me goosebumps to hear that. But it's really a beautiful way of honoring him and the pain that he went through for you to help other people in this wonderful industry that we are in reconnect with why they do what they do. Because and then I want to address, you know, the issue about, you know, maybe it's easier to do in rare or in oncology or yeah, whatever. Yeah. But and the me too thing and all that because I really believe everyone can connect to their purpose. You don't have to change your job. Maybe you have to change how you look at it, right? Um, I tell the story in our workshop about a guy I met, and I bet everyone on this call has met someone like this, but this fellow was uh, Johnny Johnson. He was the shuttle bus driver at the Phoenix airport, um, you know, he's the guy that buses you to the terminal. So he does this loop, as you can imagine, dozens of times a day. Yeah. So you'd think, well, you know, there's not a lot of purpose in that, right? Talk about a Me Too <laughs> gig, right? <laughs> yeah. But, um, but we got on that bus, that shuttle bus, and he was so 
positive and got on the loudspeaker and, you know, said what a privilege it was and an honor to serve such inspirational people. Because you're the ones who planned a trip and made it happen. And it's my offer to, in my retirement to serve you. So I got off the bus and I said, Johnny, I just love your energy. Where does that come from? Like, how do you do it with all these grumbly people we have to deal with? And he said, well, you know, I came here from my home country um, with a master's degree and I had to make a choice about how I was going to face my reality. And he said, I made a choice that I was, my job wasn't just about moving people. It was about moving people. It was about making them smile. So he took it one, you know, a big step further. He wasn't just moving bodies. He wanted to move people's emotions. He wanted to make them smile. And I said, wow, Johnny, look at you. You go home with this beautiful smile and look at the smile on my face and my daughters and my husband. Thank you. And then I said, you know, I bet you make more tips than the other guys. He said, I, I do. I make about a hundred bucks a day. And I said, well, what do the others make? He said, 40. I said, okay, so you more than double your tips with this wow. approach. Plus you go, I'm happier. He said, yeah, one day I brought home 500. It was my birthday. <laughs> and I said, oh, Johnny, that's awesome. And then, and then he said, and this was sort of the mic drop moment. I said, okay, that's my whole workshop right there. He said, but you know what? It has to come from here. And he put his hand on his heart. It has to be authentic. You have to really care. And I said, okay, that's my whole workshop right there, right? You have to care. And I say to people, if you're in pharma and you don't really care about people, you're not going to do well or find meaning and purpose. And I think finding meaning and purpose helps you go home happier as well as do a better job at work, as well as create greater profitability for the organization. And there's lots of evidence to support that. But, um, but yeah, it starts with an authentic caring for the people that you're serving. So for you know, very few of us touch the patient, but the people you're serving who then serve other people who serve other people who serve patients, right? So that caring all the way through is key and authentic caring for people. And that's actually where purpose comes from, that desire to contribute to something greater than yourselves, that desire to serve, to give. That's where purpose comes from. So yeah. oh, on the issue of can everyone... I really believe everyone can. It doesn't matter what your role is, what your level is, what your product is, what your company is. You can choose to connect with why you're doing this job. And when you were doing the interviews for the book, did you find people almost rediscovered their purpose? Did they? Yeah. Did that? Did their journey change during yes. the process with yourself? Yes. So what we find is 90% um, of people are not connected to their purpose. Wow. So, and, and I should also clarify that when I say purpose, there's, a, there's an intersection of three purposes that we're talking about. There's your organizational purpose, right? Daniel Pink calls that the capital P. And we've got that all over our websites, right? In some version of to save and improve lives. And this has happened over the last decade. Every company has posted this up, right? But that's not really doing it as far as convincing the world that we are there to save and improve lives, right? Then there's the, so there's that capital P. Then there's your role purpose. How does what you do contribute to the organizational purpose? Daniel Pink calls that the small P. And he says that's where we're missing an opportunity to connect what you're doing to the capital, to, the, to what the organization is doing. That's what we work on. There's another P, I said there are three circles and the magic is in the middle where they all intertwine. The other P is your personal purpose. And that one people usually have top of mind. Well, my purpose is 
those three beautiful girls and my husband and my mother, right? For you know, you for you, your family, like you said, feed your your family, right? That's that's your personal purpose. And yes, of course, that's there. For other people, it might be faith is their number one, right? That is there. That's your personal purpose. Yes. Then the part that's usually missing, ninety percent of people aren't connected to, is that role purpose. Because that is one of the pillars of happiness, being finding purpose at work. So don't just ignore this because you can't live your most fulfilled life until you find this purpose at work. And you're not going to be your best, the best employee either. So that role purpose, how your work connects to your personal purpose and to your organizational purpose, that's the piece that is missing for people. And that's what we find. And that's why when we do the power of purpose, it's a journey because it doesn't just happen. It takes reflection, it takes talking, it takes sharing, and then through this journey, and then when they get it, they, and they, like you said, it, through this interview process, people are like, oh my gosh, I've never thought of it that way before, just like you said earlier. Mm -hmm. Now, for others, for some people, it's up top and they've done this reflection already, but for the vast majority, you know, maybe when they got in the industry, there was a moment where they thought, oh, I really like the idea that my company helps patients, or maybe it was the driving factor, because you know, there's a lot of healthcare professionals in our industry who wanted to continue serving patients, or maybe because of the bureaucracy, because of downsizing, right-sizing, rainy days, that's been sort of, that flame has been reduced. And so to, to either ignite that pilot light or fuel that flame is work. <laughs> it takes effort. And sometimes people don't realize they need to put effort into that. The effort is worth it, of course. But people think, oh, that'll just happen. Or somebody is just, oh, look at her. She's just got that motivation gene. <laughs> no, that person who you see who's so purpose-driven, so motivated, she's working on it. She's doing things to make that happen. And it starts with connecting with your why. I've got another question for you on this. Yeah. Then. How easy is it for an individual to find a purpose if it isn't easily enabled by in the company culture? Such a good one. I hear you. Yes. So there's many cultures that you're dealing with at work, right? There's the big organizational culture, right? Then there's your team culture and then your immediate team, like your, your department culture and then your immediate team culture. And then there's just you, right? So at the very minimum, you can live your purpose. You can be purpose-driven. Some people say, you know, my purpose flame is burning so brightly. How do I have it catch on to the people around me? So you may be in a position where you're like, oh, my team, right? So what can you do to fuel your flame and help it catch on to them? And that's, that's a big part of, of what we do is work on that culture. And it's lovely, admittedly, when it starts at the senior leadership. That's the best. When we do this with senior leadership and then say, they say, oh, my gosh, I want to bring this to my team and my team and so on and so forth. That's the ideal. But if there are people listening to this and they're feeling frustrated, I, I encourage you to start with you. And who knows what kind of impact and influence you can have when people start going, you know, what's she having? What's she got? I want some, some of that. Yeah. Is the hope that, they, that it spreads. And hopefully with the book as well, if we start, and we said it at the beginning, if, you, if more people are talking about it and the impact of yeah, exactly. purpose driven, then hopefully we can inspire more people at that leadership level to, to start it at the top. Yeah. And I think one of the, one of the challenges is people think it's, um, it's soft. And I propose that it's essential, not soft. It's not a soft skill. It's an essential skill. Um, and, and, 
they don't have to just listen to me because the literature is abundant with the evidence that not only is this the right thing to do to have people go home happier, uh, which is a lovely outcome. I always love thinking about the families that they go home to, uh, but it's also the best thing to create greater collaboration, greater innovation, greater creativity, greater retention, less sick days. Uh, the list of benefits of having a purpose-driven culture, purpose-driven people is tremendous. The evidence is dramatic on this. There's a great study by Jim Stengel, who looked at the S&P 500 companies and did a retrospective analysis of their growth over 10 years. And then he teased out of the top 500, the top 50 companies. And these guys did significantly better than the other 450. Like you would have had a 400% greater return on your investment. And he analyzed, well, what did those 50 do? And perhaps not surprisingly, because I'm sharing the story, <laughs> but yeah, he, he summarized it to say they focus on purpose. And what he meant by purpose was the difference they make in the world. Right? Yeah. So as I was, as I was reading that, I thought, okay, so there must be a ton of us there, right? Because okay. <laughs> we make a huge difference in the world. But we weren't. But I believe that the 50 top pharma companies of the future will be the ones who figure out how to focus on their purpose, the difference they make in the world. Because we are, it's right there, right? It's so like you said at the beginning, we're not making windows. We are making life-saving, life-enhancing, life-changing treatments. Um, it's What's right there this? for us to grasp. You know a lot about this. I know you've looked into this a lot. What is the, because I talk about it, you know, the dark side of pharma versus yeah. the good. Yeah. You know, what, where does yeah. it come from and why do we do so badly in this space? When, like you say, we, how, how can it be? Why is it yeah. that we have this negative yeah. reputation? And, and so many people tell me, you know, when they came to industry from academia or came to industry from healthcare, you know, their peers all said, oh, you're going to the dark side. Or other people talk about sitting on a plane beside someone and then saying, oh, how do you have such a low moral compass? You, I know you're keeping the cure for cancer, or propagating cancer so you can make more money. Yeah. Money, right? Um, yeah. We also need to own up. There's this issue of profitability and the right amount of profitability, not understanding the billions of dollars it takes to go into R&D in the general public, not doing um, people not understanding how the business works is one thing. Then there's also something we need to take responsibility for. And that is that we made some mistakes, especially in the 90s. You know, I sort of summarize that trust issue, you know, back, way back in the day, 1950s, we did really well. Merck was Fortune Magazine's most admired company in the world for seven years in a row. We were doing well. And then the 1990s happened. And with the 90s came um, some ways of, of working uh, based on some of the work by Milton Friedman and others that said greed is good, for lack of a better word. Straight from the movie Wall Street, greed is good. And that led the thinking that you know, we saw what happened to the financial industry because of that and what happened to our industry. You know, there were movies and books written about what we did wrong. And anyone that was there here in the 90s knows we made some mistakes and we need to own up to that. We've corrected our ways since then, but we're still climbing out of that, being transparent um, <laughs> for, for one thing, being um, not uh, not buying our way, being focused on the patient. And that's where, you know, the patient centric movement started. 
And there's been so much good work since then. I'm so, I, I just love our industry. I love the people in our industry. I love the work that we do to improve the world. So proud of our industry. And that's, yeah, that's my life's work is to help increase that pride and knowledge of our industry. Because it's not right, like you said. It's just not right. We do so much good work, but we're not seen for that. I wonder how much longer we'll have to sort of live in the uh, in the darkness of the 90s now, like I say. Me so, too. doing so much good now. Um, yeah, yeah. It would be, well, we need more really of this. To, yeah. I, I, what I say to people when, when we're teaching these uh, these groups, I say, you know, it starts with you, right? Because pharma, to all the people that you touch in your life, you are pharma, right? So it starts with you. And I love empowering them with like a four-sentence version of their purpose story. So at the next cocktail party, when they need to introduce themselves, is, and usually people say, yeah, I try to get around it. I try to not say I work for Big Pharma. And I'm like, no, no, stand tall, be proud. Say you work for Pharma. And why that's meaningful to you. Why do you? You know, like, and then people are like, oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, I, I get to go to work every day to, to help doctors know how to better treat patients. So I sleep well at the end of the day when this, and why that's important to me is because, you know, I experienced this firsthand for many people, or I had someone who taught me this, or my values are that, or whatever the story is. Yeah. And that's what will change things. Ah. So tell yeah. me, since doing the book, and obviously mm. I know you've worked in this space and you've had this mission now for uh, 20 years, you've been focusing on that purpose. From doing the book in particular, A Dose of Inspiration, what changed mm -hmm. for you? What have you learned since doing that? Well, it's interesting because I've been um, capturing people's purpose stories for many, many years. So it wasn't surprising the impact it had on people who did the interviews as um, well as the, my hope, the impact on people that read them. But I do summarize in the book my key learnings and, and some of the myths that people have about connecting with purpose. And some of the key learnings, not so much surprises, I guess, more reinforcement and more, pa like even more passion for my purpose to spread this, feeling like my lifetime isn't long enough to do the work that needs to yeah. be done. Um, but, but my basic summaries of, of what I've learned is, number one, current people are amazing, really great, motivated, smart, um, purpose-driven people. Number two, often that purpose has been, uh, what would you say, like wet down. <laughs> and they just need an opportunity to fuel that flame, right? And the magic that happens, you know, the stories when I work with teams and they do apply this to their team, the magic that happens, those are the, the great stories. And we have some of those in, in the book as well, triumphs of purpose. Um, that's that's what keeps surprising. I shouldn't say surprising, but reinforcing for me, hearing those stories of when people do the work, that there's the outcomes at the end. Yeah. So yeah, I guess not many surprises, more just increasing the passion, yeah. making my flame brighter, capturing these stories and trying to communicate it. And this sense of urgency, I feel, to um, to lift people, to, to lift them, to, to help them realize that it's within them to fuel this flame. Yeah, sure, there's some work to do it and maybe you need some help, but it's there for all of us. Yeah. Oh, I can't wait to read it. I'm so excited. Who's it oh, for, good. Jill? Who are you? I mean, I know we've talked, you know, is, yeah. is it for anyone in the industry or outside yes. the industry? What's, what's your ideal? Yeah. 
target audience is for anyone in the industry, each and every role, life science companies. We, you know, we use the word pharma, but I don't just mean pharma. It could be biopharma, medical device as well. Um, if people outside our industry read it, excellent. It wasn't written for them, but man, it would be nice if uh, they did it. I hope yeah. it spreads to them too. Uh, but really, I was doing it for for us, for for people like you and me who maybe thought, oh, it's just a it's just a job. But there's so much opportunity for more. Or people who thought, yeah, I used to be connected to my purpose, but not anymore, and not after all this baloney I've been going through, <laughs> right? That yeah, it's okay. You too can refuel this purpose. It's worth it. Worth yeah. it, everyone. So yeah, that's the target audience: people who who feel like they need purpose, people who have purpose. It doesn't matter where you are on that spectrum. It, this is this is for you to light the pilot light or fuel the the inferno that you have um, in any role you have, and any role. Like I really do mean any role, from receptionist to CEO, right? Like yeah. you know, there's the Johnny Johnson story, but there's also the famous story of uh, the janitor. Right Go at on, NASA. Tell the story. Go on, tell the story. Okay. story. I know it, but yeah. tell, tell it for those that don't, because it's a good one. And it's a it's a famous story. So maybe just in North America, though. But um, JFK, John F. Kennedy, visiting NASA in the '60s when the whole world was focused on getting a man to the moon, right? And apparently, he approached a, a man with a broomstick and said, and the janitor, and said, well, "What do you do?" And that guy stood up tall and proud and shook his hand and said, "Mr. President, I'm helping to put a man on the moon." And I just love that, right? Because he was, he had connected the fact that if he didn't, you know, pick up the banana peel on the floor, Neil Armstrong might have slipped and history wouldn't be made. He chose to connect the dots. That's what I'm encouraging everyone to connect the dots. So that's why I also wanted to include many different roles in the book so people could see themselves. This isn't just for senior leaders. <laughs> this is yeah. for every role. Choose to connect the dots. Yeah. And, and yeah, there might be a lot of dots. And I get you, everyone, almost every workshop says, well, I don't touch the patient. So how can I be patient centric? Ah, yeah. ah, <laughs> we have opportunity here. <laughs> oh patient centric and purpose driven. If I'd have had the opportunity to go on a workshop like that, when I started in this industry, uh, in, I know. You know, sort of back in 2003, 2004, I can only imagine the impact it would have had on me then because um, right? it's just incredible. Yeah. Yeah. The companies that we have that onboard with this, people say, oh my gosh, I feel like I just won the lottery, like yeah. starting with a company where we do this to begin. Yeah. And I think about, you know, my story is similar to yours about the car and the, as I've said, shared on the phone, but if somebody had done this workshop with me, I would have connected to the meaning of my job about how, you know, my parents were both educators. So learning and education was super important to me. And dad had had a heart attack so healthcare was really on my radar and they were really loving teachers like really good teachers so they taught me about caring for other people so I went into my job as a rep in the 90s with this idea that I'm there to help educate the doctors help them help patients and that's why I did so well I didn't connect that that was my purpose right at the time but I did that for myself and I, I sort of ignored what was going on in the industry around me around you know the golf and the mm, concerts and yeah. blah 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 and I just focused on helping the doctors help more patients and that was why I did so well so yeah I I wish someone had done this workshop with 
everyone when they when they start changing it will things. impact because i used to be, i remember being very dependent on motivation so i would come away from a yeah. conference or something feeling really energized and i yeah. would, i could see in myself when i needed something like that to re-energize me yes and i think yes. if i'd have had that clarity of purpose that will yeah. probably take away because motivation is is hopeless, so much, really, isn't it? It's it's, yeah. it's way too flaky to to rely on motivation. But if you have purpose, right? well, that's consistent. Purpose, isn't it? yeah, it fuels it from inside because we can't motivate someone; it has to come from within. So the purpose, it, like I keep using the fire. <laughs> that's what I keep yeah. picturing it as, right? A pilot light that you need to fuel. And, and do that. And, and part of it, self-care is part of that, fueling your purpose, right? Yeah. As well as all the other things you need to do, the visual reminders, the um, um, monitoring what you're thinking, what that then, what you say, monitoring your language, like changing your language as simple as, I think I wish we'd stop talking about our competitors. I think, you know, when, like I'm talking now for field people or even inside the organization, but you know, you can imagine a doctor here you talking about competitors. Well, that's a, another patient treatment option. It's not a competitor. Yeah. Competitor puts you then as a salesperson or a company person, right? Even talking about my product versus their product, these are all patient treatment options. So that mindset changes your language and what you do, and that continues to fuel that motivation that I'm here to serve. I'm here to help. I'm here to make a difference. And that's that's what we need. So a couple more questions for you. Your book where so obviously we know who it's for we know it's hopefully going to be out around christmas time that perfect christmas inspiration it, obviously it's an ebook how can people get it i can add a link to this to the show notes but tell me more about how we can get it oh but for sure so we put a page on our website accelerate.ca slash free book and we can put that link there and if you just press the button there then you'll go on the list to be the first to get it and then, yeah, pass that, spread that link to others as as people wish. And then it'll be a download. And then on the topic of sharing books, what I really want to know from you, Jill, is your best book recommendations, because I know you are well-read. <laughs> I, know, I know you're a Simon Sinek fan. Um, I would love to know the books that have had the greatest impact on you. Oh, my gosh, every book has an impact. I love books. Um, I used to be very good at summarizing every book I read, top three messages from it. And I need to get back to that because that's when I really learned the most. So my favorite book is always the most recent one I read. Maybe that's just because I have a bad memory. I don't know. But I just finished Build the Life You Want by Arthur Brooks and Oprah oh. Winfrey. Love that. Another one I just finished, Everyday Dharma by Sunil Gupta. Eight Essential yeah. Practices for Finding Success and Joy in Everything You Do. So I tend to study and read um, leadership, um, happiness, uh, living your best life, that type of thing. So if anyone, oh, another really good one I just finished is The Invisible Leader. Uh, spoiler alert, is purpose. Purpose is the invisible leader, right? When people are driven by purpose, they know what to do. They make their really good by Zach Mercurio. Um, so, but then there's so many other tried and true like obviously you have to read drive by daniel pink and you know leaders eat last and purpose economy the purpose effect all there's just so many good ones but if people are interested in that book list i'm also very happy to share 
that, I think I, I can break it down into the different topics, leadership, purpose. I can send links to my recommendations and um, my book summaries if, if people want that. Oh, yeah. happy to share that. Yeah, definitely. Well, yeah. I do. So, okay. <laughs> yeah, I'd love yeah. And I yeah, will for on the show notes. For, yeah, for holiday enjoyment too, you know, going back to the top 10 TED Talks and Brene Brown, they just watched Call to Courage again. In my working up the courage to ship out this book, I watched Brene Brown's Call to Courage because it's scary, you know, putting it out there. But um, anyway, that's a good read or watch as well. And then The Build Your Life You Want, Arthur Brooks has a um, course online, which is super cool like 30 bucks or something, which I thought, what a great thing to do at the beginning of the year, right? As a kick off the new year, right? Or the new week or the new month, whenever you're reading, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Awesome. Oh, well, if you would at least send those those books to me, that'd be fabulous. For sure. So, but we will share the link to a genus of inspiration in the show notes, like I say, and and then we can spread it far and wide. Yes. Let's do that. Spread the fire of purpose. How's that? Yes. Yeah. 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 So are you excited? And you said nervous then. Let's let's reframe that yeah. to excitement. I love that. And that's what I say to my daughters. Exactly. Nervous is the same feeling as excitement. So yes, excited. excited. I'm very excited to get it out and um to hopefully hear people's stories. And I'm hoping that this will spread more. I'm hoping that people say, I want to nominate someone or I'm someone that I'd like to be in the book next. Because I, I think I should already I'm thinking we should do another one. Right. That was my this, next question. You just got my yeah. next question. That was it. Is there going to be another one? Because surely now you've started, this is going to be, it could be an annual event. Exactly. I, that's what I think. Because this is just a hundred people. There's so many more. So yeah, I am hoping, and I think I'll put that in the call to actions part is, who do you know, right? Who's really purpose-driven, Who uh, whose story is inspirational. Maybe it's you. But uh, if you or you, someone you know is, then reach out to me on LinkedIn or wherever and uh, let's get you in the next book. That's, that's what I'm thinking. I think that is our call to action for this podcast, Jill. There you go. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Good. Perfect. <laughs> well, it wow. has been fabulous to have you. Thank you. I could literally just keep going and chatting about this for, for hours. But I will. I know. I, you I feel that way, too. I just love chatting with you and feel like we could chat forever and you know, probably change the world with those conversations. So thank you for sharing this conversation with other people. Thank you for your interest. Thank you for your purpose. Connecting with your why is going to change the world as well. So thank you. Thank you, Jill. Well, that brings us to the end of another episode. Thank you so much for listening. And I am delighted to say that if you've enjoyed this episode, fear not, it's not the end of our purpose exploration. Over the next couple of weeks, I will be interviewing some of the fabulous contributors to Jill's book, A Dose of Inspiration. So if you have enjoyed this episode, make sure you tune in again over the next few weeks as we approach Christmas. To make sure you don't miss any, you can subscribe via the website, thisgirlcam.com, or just hit follow on your chosen podcast platform. Look out for my newsletter, which will let you enjoy the episode in either print or audio. You can follow me on LinkedIn, Instagram, X and Facebook, all under This Girl Cam. Thanks again, everyone. Bye for now.